Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, the editor of thewrongfootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. Yo, Mother Hubbard! <laughs> so on this week's episode, we discuss the recent uh, off-season cuts uh, as the team's trimmed down to 53 players. We preview week one of the regular season and make our picks for the week, and... Oh yeah, there's a uh, small matter of an interview with uh, none other than Super Bowl winner and legend of the 1985 Chicago Bears, Sean Gale, uh, an NFL journeyman and all-round good guy Nick Ferguson from the NFL UK's Countdown to Kickoff event in Leicester last Friday. So how you doing, Jay? It's uh, been an exciting week for us this week, hasn't it? It's been exciting, we've been busy, we've, we've, we've taken out your new equipment, so to speak, ooh, uh, misses, and um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we've produced just an interesting little audio feature for everybody that will be coming up in a little bit. They shall hear it soon, yeah, that's it. Well, um, before we get on to uh, onto one of the, the most exciting segments of the uh, podcast so far, let's uh, have, a, have a look at the news. The first piece of news uh, I would say is, um, well... Obviously, the uh, the teams have been uh, been been trimming down, so uh, there's been some uh, some chopping and changing, uh, and one one big trade following the uh, the Teddy Bridgewater injury last week uh, that we that we spoke about for the Vikings uh, is Sam Bradford, uh, quarterback who's gone from the Eagles to the Vikings. Uh, they've decided to uh, to obviously make that trade and, and acquire um, him from the Eagles. They traded a first round pick in 2017 and a fourth round pick in 2018. That seems like to me that's quite a high price to pay for for Sam Bradford. Yeah, it's it's something that's garnered a lot of tension and actually that price could go up because it could get up to as high as a second round pick in 2018 depending on how the Vikings perform this year I think um, oh, okay. it's basic um, economy here really in that um, the Eagles knew that there was a high demand for their player in terms of not only did the Vikings were they looking round for a quarterback but Sam Bradford has a second year which means with Teddy Bridgewater having a serious injury and not only are there questions about whether he'll come back but you know even if he does will he manage it in in, in just a year so mm. I think they were looking for some security there and, and listening to their GM talking on the radio he seemed quite confident that he had enough picks if necessary he could sort of get back into the first round but it is a high price for a player who has always flashed talent but has been injured a lot and has never gone I believe better than seven and nine that said though um it does sort of demonstrate that the Vikings really believe they're in win now mode Adrian Peterson is not getting any younger and they want to push for a Super Bowl well that must be it I was having a quick look through Twitter and things like that and just having a having a little look and trying to gauge really the reaction of the Vikings fans to see what they what they thought of the the trade and there's some some real negativity I think people are really not happy with that with 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 Sam Bradford as as a trade you give up a first rounder for a quarterback who really hasn't proven himself and I can sort of understand it um, mm. the Vikings have drafted very well and very well late which is another point the GM made um, the honest answer is if he gets behind a line which they're hoping they've reinforced in the off season and they can protect him a bit he might have some of the best players and certainly the best team around him he's ever had whether that'll turn out into wins who knows if they push deep into the playoffs everybody's going to call it a masterstroke but you know it's just with his history it's hard to predict that isn't it well yeah absolutely I mean they must think that they've got enough to, to at least mount a playoff push with to, to, to make that trade in the first place yeah, no, but that's absolutely what they're thinking. It's got to be a win now move, but um, whether that's yeah. the case or not is is another question. 
Mm. Well, the flip side of it is that it puts Carson Wentz, the uh, the, the uh, rookie that uh, the Eagles drafted this year, puts him into the uh, into the starting spot for the Eagles once he's healthy again, doesn't it? Do you think Do you think he's ready? Think he'll uh, relish the opportunity? Well, it is very surprising because he was third on the depth chart like a week ago. Um, yeah, and I'm just trying to remember who the backup quarterback for the Eagles is, and and having a quick look, and I'm not sure I can find it. But but yeah, basically. <laughs> Um, they've suddenly gone from we're going to bring him slowly and bearing in mind that Wentz hasn't played that much in the um, preseason because of that fracture in his rib and he's suddenly catapulted from week three we'll sit him and bring him along slowly so yeah we're going to throw him in and start we'll just have to see how it goes but it's um, certainly not the choice and move we were expecting from the Eagles no, that's it. Well, along with along with that, obviously, this weekend was the was the weekend where cuts all happened. The teams had to uh, trim themselves down to fifty three players. Um, there's a few notes, but I mean, there's nothing. So a lot of the time, there's not uh, there's no real huge surprises in this. But there's there's, there's a few notable cuts, I think, from from the people who have uh, have gone. The Broncos have been responsible for a couple of those. Mark Sanchez. Uh, has been it was was obviously cut. He's he's now gone to the uh, to the Cowboys uh, and Ronnie Hillman as well. Um, twenty twenty fifteen leading rusher for for Denver, uh, but he's he's now been been cut. Yeah, I was a little surprised by the Hillman cut just because it looked like they had three really good running backs. Maybe they just decided with the um with the salary cap they wanted to go in a different direction and cut Hillman but, but I was that's the only thing I can think of I was definitely looking at the Broncos in the preseason obviously I've watched um, the three games that matter um, and and they've looked very good running the ball so Sanchez is not a surprise uh, just because you know he lost he lost the starting job to Trevor Simeon so I'm not entirely surprised that he's been cut and actually the, the, the really big one for me is actually the third that you have on the list so you've got those two <laughs> Broncos players and, and the thing I will finish up on them is that um, their GM is definitely developing a reputation as playing hardball. What between the Von Miller contract and then these cuts, John Elway is not afraid to um, take a position on the player, is he? He's just as brave in the back office as he was on the football field. Well, absolutely, that's it. Well, go on then. Who's the uh, who's that uh, the, the that most surprising uh, cut of all well, for yourself? For me, the big thing, and it's caused quite a stir. I I think in in the NFL world's reaction is that the Packers cutting Josh Sitton, who's a very mm. good lineman, um, rightly regarded as the leader of that unit on the team. And yeah, they seem to have cut him. It's a mixture of signals coming out that it's something to do with you know they're a bit worried about his bulk and he's paying a bit of money and he's been a bit outspoken and not necessarily in step with the, the leadership there. And I'm sure Packers won't be happy to see that he's immediately been snapped up by the Bears and signed. So yeah, yeah that was that that was really quite a surprise. Yeah, well, he's a seven-year starter, isn't he? He's been to the Pro Bowl three times, so yeah, it's uh, it was it was a little surprising to see him him being cut. It really was, and also from a unit where continuity is such a big thing. And I know the Packers have been banged up in the line certainly last season, and, and that hasn't helped them. But certainly, you want to keep as many players consistent as you want as you really can. Is usually mm. the ethos you want to do with the offensive line. So yeah, I I really was very surprised by that move. Yeah. Well, one that wasn't perhaps so much as a, of, a, of a surprise, but maybe is notable, is the uh, the, the German wide receiver drafted by the uh, the Vikings this year. I'm going to try and pronounce his name, uh, Moritz Boehringer. Uh, uh, Boehringer, I, I believe. Yeah, that, that'll do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think um, I wouldn't say I was particularly surprised at that him being cut, but I was a little disappointed, perhaps. Yeah, um, I don't know if you've seen whether he's got picked up on the practice squad or not. 
Because I think he has, yeah. yeah that, that's what, what I was expecting. And with those young development players, and there was a French guy playing receiver, or at least um, in camp in uh, for, for the New York Giants, and we had another player somewhere else from Europe. There's a YouTube documentary they were talking about on the countdown to kickoff. Mm. Uh, undrafted Undra- yes and so um, well worth looking out that out I haven't had a chance yet but following those three players but yeah I'm not actually that surprised that given his the, the amount of football he's played that he's been cut and picked up on practice squad that that sounds like a, a route and he'll get to work with the team all year and he could get picked off by any other team you want to sign him and you know yeah it's not a bad wage for somebody who wasn't playing football at all at all given that he can you know spend that time developing and working as a player and hopefully you never know might either get promoted to a roster this year or certainly be in camp to try and fight for one next season that's it yeah it'll break in at some point it's just uh, it's just a matter of when I suppose that's a very confident statement I mean uh, uh, Mr. Okoye our Olympic discus thrower who's been banging around practice squads in the last season. Yeah, got, he's struggling at the minute, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, got cut from the um, um, Cardinal, oh, Cardinals for parking in the wrong space and um, upsetting Bruce <laughs> Arians. So you know, it is perfectly possible to be at a phenomenal, even an Olympic-level athlete, and not make the grade as a player. But certainly it gives him a, a chance at development, which can only be a good thing. Mm, it's going to be difficult to watch hard knocks this week, isn't it? It always is, and it drives through the idea when we talk, talk about good and bad players, and now I'm previewing things that um, I'm working on in a little bit on my blog is that um we have lost essentially we've gone from 90 to 53 so we've lost at least two-thirds of all the players that started training camp and across 32 teams that is a seriously large number of players who didn't make grades some will be waiting to see um if they make it or not and you saw that uh, on last week's hard knocks with the defensive tacklers just saying look all I need from you, I'm, you know, I'm very grateful for the opportunity. But what I really need to know to know is, is this something I should be pursuing, or do I need to walk away? And I thought, Jeff Fisher, I thought he approached the whole process very well in insisting on doing it all himself and speaking to each player. But also, you know, from what he see, he said to that defensive tackle, he will be the type of player who says, no, you should keep working. It's just a question of time and catching on. And no, you need to be looking at other options. So it does look that he's at least trying to give them as fair a shake, but also as realistic answer as possible. Yeah, I mean the the two notable ones that they've been following. Are we? Am I right? Spoiling this? This is a spoiler alert, by the way. If uh, if you're it's spoiled uh, for watching... me, but only in the sense that the the show will hit our thing on Friday and the cuts are out. So yeah, I, yeah. I've seen it in your pod notes. You've already ruined it for me. <laughs> so continue. Well, so, apologies. Well, uh, Ian Ian Seau, um the nephew, I think of of uh, yes, Julian Seau, um and Eric Kush, the, uh, the 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 uh, tank top obsessed centre. Uh, were the two that uh, were really the notable uh, notable cuts from that uh, from that that um, nearly said St Louis Rams that uh, LA Rams um, squad um, who who they've been following obviously yeah, throughout the, uh, the I, season. I'm, I'm not season. sure Kush with his extra, the extra years he's been vested in what's going on. I don't know if he'll hook on, and I doubt he's got um, practice squad eligibility. That's a word and a half. He's he's been he's been picked up by the Bears. Ah, ah I was just about to ask ask that. So if he didn't get picked up very quickly after waivers, he might he might not make a team, and he's made a team. And Ian Sayhow looked like he had some looked like a good development. He looked prospect. good. So I, yeah. I do think that he might hook on on a, on a practice squad somewhere. I certainly hope so. I think uh, yeah for. For the memory of, uh, of of his of his uncle, I think uh, it would be good for him to, uh, to to do well because he was he was a he was a great player. Yeah, he really was, and a very sad end. 
Absolutely. Um, well, last piece of news then is a quick update, um, really, from uh, from the from last week. Really, uh, Colin Kaepernick. We talked about the the Forty Niners quarterback um, who has been sitting out the national anthem and decided he doesn't want to uh, to stand uh, for uh, the singing of the national anthem at the beginning of the preseason games. Um, he has been. I hesitate to use the word demoted, but he's not going to be the starting quarterback. Certainly not for week one. Um, it looks like it's going to be Blaine Gabbert, doesn't it? So, uh, do you think this is a? Do you think how, how much of it do you think has been is really down to the national anthem controversy? I think you can argue. I mean, nobody really knows, but I think you can make a very solid argument that, given how the end of last season um, went and how it's been in preseason, and the fact that Kaepernick's been injured. It's not necessarily mm. actually a surprise that um, Gabbert has beaten him out to the starting job, bearing in mind that he didn't play in the first two games because he was yeah. in. So I'm reluctant to read too much into it because I just don't think we know what conversations are going on. I think it's interesting that the protest has developed in that he's now taking a knee. He's apparently been talking to people like Jim Brown and um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar about just how to move things forward. He's promising to mm. give quite a lot of money to causes looking at building a relation, I believe, between p- police officers and the black community. And yeah. other players, both, there's been, I think there was one on his side, but also one of the Seahawks, Nell, and uh, a, a, one of the women from the American Soccer League is also knelt. So I think this is going to be something that might continue into through the season and have other people backing him up. And I, I'm sure it will be still controversial. It would seem that taking a knee rather than sitting will be deemed uh, less disrespectful, if you see what I mean. And people do seem to be rallying around the idea of supporting... The, supporting his right to self-expression, whether they believe that this is the right way to go about it or not. Um which you just have to keep an eye on, see how that goes through the season. But I suspect it will be a plot line for a few weeks yet. I think so. It's going to rumble on a bit for uh, for a little while, and certainly until uh, we're a couple of weeks into the season, we start seeing how uh, how many people join in, like you say. So we mentioned it last week, but the NFL UK have just completed their countdown to kickoff tour, uh, bringing some legendary NFL players and pundits together uh, uh, to answer uh, fans' questions and talk about the state of the NFL today. And we were lucky enough to be able to have a chat uh, with a couple of those legends last week. Uh, let's have a listen and see how we got on backstage at the event on Friday in Leicester. It's quite windy, so I can only apologise for uh, for that. But uh, we are here just about to make our way to the uh, the NFL Countdown to Kickoff event in Leicester, uh, the Leicester Tigers ground. Are you uh, excited, G? Um, yes, and also doing the usual me kind of like all oh, my ears and whiskers. We've got to get everything ready and speak yeah. to people. But you know, once I'm there, I should be fine, and I am really looking forward to it. So it should be fun. Well, we're on our way. So uh, yeah, let's let's get going. Okay, so we've just got here to the uh, the NFL Countdown to Kickoff event in Leicester. G is here, obviously, as well, and we have got a very special guest today. Uh, this is the first guest we've ever had on the uh, the Wrong Football Podcast, and we are absolutely honoured to have uh, Mr. Sean Gale, an absolute legend of the NFL. Um, he's uh, part of the the 1985 Bears uh, legendary, legendary team. team. Yeah, there's no no other word for it. But Sean Gale, nice to nice to uh, nice to meet you. Thanks for joining us. It's good to meet you. I'm glad to be here. I didn't know what to expect. And the bus pulled in town, and we got a chance to look around. It's uh, really nice. I, I'm, I like it. Yeah, I like it. I should come back. Oh, <laughs> that, that, that's good. We're, you know, we're, we're having our own sort of title town. What's the word? Momentum at the moment. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware of oh, obviously yes. Leicester City winning yes. the, the Riders for like a basketball one. So it's all been going well, and we're thrilled to have the NFL here. 
and this is kind of an awesome moment for me. The big question I want to ask is obviously that 85 Bears team, and I don't know if you get bored of people asking you about it or if if it's one of those things that follows you everywhere, but it's kind of special for us because it was one of the things, it was a big surge of interest in American football over here in the middle of the 1980s, and I'm just old enough to be aware of it. I just don't know if you were either aware of it at the time or become aware of how many people were drawn into the game through that team. I am, as a matter of fact. It was amazing to us because even in the States, it transcended sport itself. It wasn't just the football fans that were paying attention. It was the, the postmen. It was anybody who was interested in some, uh, some storyline because we had so many different characters. We played with such uh, flair, and, and we were pretty dominant. And you add all those things together, and it makes a great news story. Absolutely. There's some real great names in that team. Oh, yeah, we had so many magazine covers we had photographs, and it was just not just football. It was uh, all types of uh, different venues, and, and we had such a great time. I remember coming here after we won the Super Bowl, and we played a preseason game in 86 at the old Wembley. And I remember Phil Collins coming out to the pitch to meet Walter Payton. And it, it was great. It was yeah. great. We had such a great time here. Yeah, no, not, it's just lovely to hear because that, that's what drew me into the game. If there, were, if there was, in the primary, primary schools where we were, there was this strange game that everybody was suddenly talking about. And I mean, one of the big names, obviously, the fridge was huge over here just because he was huge everywhere. But it, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> he was huge in general, that's it. Yeah, yeah. but that's the thing. Obviously, he came over and played for the, for the London Monarchs. But, right. but it's hugely influential, so it's brilliant to have you here. And, and have you seen how the game's grown over here, the, the, obviously, with the NFL coming over events like this. How have you found these events? Unbelievable attendance. Uh, the different mm-hmm. stops during this fan tour we've had this week, it's been phenomenal. And, and prior to that, when we saw the transition from preseason games played here in the UK to regular season games, it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, watching, watching the game grow on this level, it even spills outside of the UK because we do... Uh, an annual football camp in Italy, and we have so many players coming over from England and uh, and Poland and and uh, Spain, you name it. And the game is really growing. And for us, it's great to see because we grew up with this game, mm. and we don't expect everyone to, to fall in love with the way way we did. But that's changed. A lot of people have embraced it, and it's fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Pete Sanjo. What, what can we uh, what can we expect for the uh, for the evening for the uh, for the night tonight? Well, I'm sure we'll have a lot of. A lot of fun. We'll answer some questions, <laughs> tell some stories. We'll ask you why you're a Dolphins fan and why you're a Bengals fan. We want to know questions like that. The answers. So, so why are you a Dolphins fan? Uh, I, do you know what? I, I absolutely cannot remember. I, I've been playing Madden for years and years, and they were the, just the team that I always used to, uh, used to pick when I was playing Madden when I was, when I was little. So uh, I think I just, just kind of stuck with them and fell in love with the Dolphins. And for, for better or worse, here I am now, uh, still, still, uh, still following the Dolphins. Oh, there you go. And the Bengals, they're going to be here this year. Yeah, yeah I'm, we're, we're, we are going. I am so excited. Um, and it, it's off the back of that interest in the mid-80s surge, we had football shown on back when we had four channels and you had to tape it in the middle of the night and the first season I was sort of really old enough to follow along was the year the Bengals went to the Super Bowl and okay we lost and I didn't know that was going to be as good as it was going to get for the next 20 years but um, yeah I was drawn in by Boomer Esiason and Anthony Munzo and that left that sort of left hand sided offence and, and the helmets which you know I feel worried about saying this in front of NFL royalty, but you know they are the best bang, the best helmets in the league for me. Although yeah. there is something pretty sweet <laughs> about those Bears uniforms, I will say. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Well, Sean, thank you very much for your time. Really, uh, really nice to meet you, and uh, yeah, good luck for the evening. All right.
right, so we've got a second uh, interview here. We are absolutely... Uh, Cock-a-hoop is proper, the word. I think that is the word, yeah. I think that's a very English word for, uh, for our American guest. Today. Should I start demanding tea just to make him feel really like he's getting the full English experience? Probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got, uh, we've, we've got, yeah, this is our second interview today. We've got uh, Mr Nick Ferguson to join us. He's uh, obviously uh, played for a number of teams over the years. Um, Nick, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for, thanks for being here. Hey, thank you. You know what? Here's what I'm noticing, though. Go on. Buddy has on a Cincinnati Bengals jersey. He does. And that was the first team I signed with yeah. in '97 as a rookie. Yes, yes. Yeah, there was, there was a troubled period in our history. Shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. Not the best time for uh, for the Bengals, but uh, but no, you went on to play for, for a number of teams, obviously throughout the uh, not not just in the in the NFL in the NFL Europe as well. You played for, for Rain Fire as well. Rain Fire, man, in, yeah. uh, in Germany. So I've done I've done my homework and everything. You say um, <laughs> that's why you're the producer, my friend. <laughs> so, Good job. Do you think uh, so? Obviously, with the with the uh, the expansion of the of the international series, things like that. Do you think it could expand potentially to to that side of the? Uh, to Europe and that kind of thing? I would like to. Yeah. Uh, during this tour, we've seen uh, a lot of fans that, that came out from, you know, different places. Mm. And we've seen an abundance of 32 teams yeah. all represented. So the fans really want it. Mm. And, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, the people in New York, you know, make the decisions. Yeah. But it's obvious that uh, the U.K. fans, they definitely want it. But you start doing more tours, you do more teaching and coaching clinics, yeah. and start bringing up kids through the university, you never know. In a couple of years, maybe five, six years, you know, you could have a team in it in the U.K. Well, that's it. That's what I think uh, a lot of us are kind of hoping for. That would be a bit strange because I, I don't know whether I'd be able to support them, whether I'd be able to... I, couldn't I, do, think, I could I never ditch my dolphins, we, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we've, had this thing, we've had this discussion a lot. It crops up over here a lot. I think a lot for for a younger generation who grew up with it, they'd, they'd yeah. embrace it. And I think yeah. for a lot of us, it would be our second team right up until they ran into the team that we'd been supporting for 20 years. Well, you know what? <laughs> but that, that's the interesting thing, though. Uh, during the tour, mm. I've ran across several young kids, and I'm talking about maybe 9, 10, mm. even 13. You know, those are the fans that you want to get and get early because mm. they know about the game. They're excited about the game. They want more football. So if you get those kids and yeah. you bring them along, and by yeah. the time, you know, they're in their 20s, mm. they're loyal, diehard fans. And, and, and that's part of the NFL brand. You have mm. to understand, it is a brand. There is a product that is being sold, yeah. and it's the brand of football. But you have to teach those fundamentals. Then you can bring people into the fold. And there's been, there's even just out in the queue outside, there's, there's, there's quite a few uh, children and, and youngsters there. So it's really good to see that that is, that is happening. And it's, yeah. it's really starting to, uh, starting to pick up from uh, an early age, which is, which is great. I was, I was probably 14 when I, probably maybe a little bit younger than that when I, when I got into it. So yeah, I know it's, a, it's, 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 it's difficult to get into when you're at that age, but it's, it's, you know, especially when you're over here and it's not, well, well, there is now a bit more exposure than, than there used to be sort of 15, 16 years ago. See, that's, that's the idea. You, you increase the exposure. Like for mm. me, you know, I didn't know anything about football. No. The first team that I fell in love with uh, it was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. And, and I grew up in Miami. Right. So that was the first game that I saw. Mm. And I didn't know the game, so I sat there and I figured out what first and ten mm. meant. Right. Well, why are these guys trying to move 10 yeah. yards? Why, yeah. do they, why do they continue to punt the ball? I kind of taught myself watching. But if you do that for young kids, now you bring them along and that's all they know. Yeah. 
you know so yeah. that's the way you it's do it it's kind of fascinating to hear hear you as an American have, have that experience yeah. because that's very much what happens with us and part of the thing that drew me in and I was slightly younger I was just talking to Sean Gale and very excited yeah. about that but the, the big surge <laughs> of interest is caused by those 85 bears yes and, and so I was like 7 or 8 when I started watching and I was very lucky my parents encouraged me and went went and got me a book to, to, to give me sort of like the basics mm. of first and ten as you were describing right. but you sort of assume that the otherness is great yeah. for you mm-hmm. is, is a draw but you sort of assume that in America it's so steeped in, in culture that you, yeah. you almost just come out ex, you know expect understanding and you would just support your local team you wouldn't have it's very tribal over here with our version of football yeah. Yeah. as we like to call the wrong football the wrong on football the, <laughs> <laughs> on the wrong football podcast that's it but, but, but it's very tribal and you wouldn't find you know if, you, yeah. if it, you're not a Leicester City fan around here <laughs> <laughs> but, but see, see that, that's the great thing about the NFL yeah. you know you can live in Miami and you can root for the Patriots that's a rival yeah. You can live in Wisconsin, and you can root for the Bears, yeah. which is almost forbidden. <laughs> right? So that's that's the great thing about the, the game of football, mm. which is different from the football over here. Yeah, yeah. You don't really have to have an allegiance to a team that's in your area. Yeah. You might like a certain uniform. Yeah. You might like a certain player. Yeah. When I was growing up, I watched Deion Sanders, right? Whatever, Damn, Damn. whatever team that he went to, I became a fan of that team, yeah, yeah. right? He went from, you know, Dallas, he went to San Francisco, then back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, every place he went, I had a new hat. I had a, it, something that, that I had that was new from the team that he was with. Yeah. That's the great thing about, about football. And then you can sit down. And you can sit down with your friends. But I always, I always encourage men. I say, look, if you don't want your wife to interrupt you watching the football game, teach her the game that's what i've done she's, she's here there, she is. <laughs> there it is see if you teach her the game yeah now she's sitting down with you if that's you it. don't teach her the game she's going to continue to give you what we call a honey do list <laughs> a honey do list is a list of things that she wants you to do but she gives them to you while you're watching the game yeah, Start I on. know about them. Okay. <laughs> you know See, about I've, them. Done, I've done the right thing. I've uh, got my yes, check that box. Yes. Yeah. Sadly, my other half loves all sports bar American football, despite <sighs> my repeated attempts. I'm sorry, this, man. This, yes. this, <laughs> my, my heart goes out to you. <laughs> anyway, Nick, thank you very much for your time. It's been really, uh, really great to, uh, to meet you. Thanks very much, and have a great Appreciate night. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you. We have just come out of an excellent evening of entertainment. Um, I'm taking on Dan's role because he was completely flummoxed by a flash. <laughs> We've had um, a very fun night. Um, we both got to shake the hands of the Super Bowl winner, and yeah. that was kind of amazing. And Nick Ferguson was amazing, and I hope you enjoyed the interview. And Dan, what did you think of it? I thought it was fantastic. We uh, it was it um, was a really good insight into into the NFL and, and some of the uh, the thoughts of the players who have been there. So, like you say, Sean Gale. Um, legend of the game absolute and part of a legendary team as well so he's always going to be an interesting person to speak to um, and, he, and he really was and uh, we were probably the most nervous people in the world so uh, yeah I hope that's not come across too uh, too badly yeah no it was, it was a little interesting and Nick Ferguson was actually a revelation he was a really great guy we, yeah. we, we possibly kept him too long but you know he was just <laughs> chatting and, and, and it was brilliant it was a great um, experience and um yeah. Ready for some football now, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're nearly. I mean, we're nearly there. So uh, we're, we're yeah, we're only, only less than a week away now from proper football. So uh, yeah, well, um, with 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 that, well, let's uh, sign off for the evening. It's been good. Fair enough. Time for the pub. <laughs> 
so there we have it and off to the pub we went so uh, yeah no it was a great night wasn't it it was a really really good fun I had a really good time myself and uh, I, I assume you did as well meeting one of your heroes yeah no it, it was it was amazing to meet a member of 1985 Bears but I think we need to be careful because um, Nick was also brilliant I, I was really yeah. really impressed both with how friendly he was and engaged he was with us behind the scenes and certainly wasn't shy in coming forward on stage and mm. you know seems pretty active on um social media i've been interacting with him on twitter so yeah definitely a name to look out for I, I suspect he'll be trying to make waves in the media and i wouldn't bet against him no absolutely not he's like you say he's an absolutely lovely guy and after we'd after we'd, we'd switched the microphone off he was we were still having a good natter with him for another probably five five or six minutes after that so i, I, I believe one of one of the senior um nfl people who you've been organizing this we've had a quiet word with jen about you know not wanting to wear out their voices as we're going yeah yes. but when is this ever going to happen again yeah, no. He did. Well, I believe from from talking to uh, to Jen, my my wife, um, I believe the uh, the phrase he used was, "Oh well, he's having a good time," <laughs> and then they turned around. So fair enough. Um, and we should really say thank you to to the NFL UK and and uh, David Tussle in, in particular for for making this happen. It was a uh, it was a real speculative uh, thing trying to get uh, trying to get to be part of this, but uh, it's worked really well. So um, it's it's always great great to meet people in the uh, in the game it's great to hear what they what they think of, of how things are going um and and we've been uh, we've, we've been lucky enough to uh, to have a have a chat with a couple of them so there was there's a few um people at the at the event as well wasn't there, there was there was Charles Dagnall who's going to be doing uh, the five live co- uh, coverage of the NFL for the season uh, and also Martin Johnson who as well as being an absolute unit and a and a um, a tigers legend uh, it's really no really really knowledgeable on the 49ers isn't he yeah he's he's uh, yeah for those of you at the event will have seen him battling a fan on on a really nerdy quiz at times about the 49ers and they were having a geek off yeah and and, and what's more it really Really, it was like nine eight. It really went down to the wire. But yeah, he's he's a big fan and known for it. But clearly invested. I did enjoy the fact that we had an NFL super superstar um, member of one of the most famous teams ever. A um, you know engaged and bright bright ex NFL player Charles Dagnall, who you know we all know from Test Match Special and, and various bits on Five Live. And I thought he was very funny about you know how. Well, be some people, maybe half a dozen, listening to him late at night doing the live game coverage. But Martin Johnson got the first first standing ovation, I believe, of the tour, and sort of yeah. definitely got a louder reception than anybody else. It was kind of in his home, wasn't it? He was he's it was he's a Tigers legend, and the uh, the event was being held at the Leicester Tigers ground. So, yeah, he he couldn't he couldn't not get a round a, a standing ovation. No, it, it 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 just amused me that in an NFL in an NFL event, the rugby man was king. But yeah, no, it was it was <laughs> it was a really really good event, a lot of fun, and um, hopefully, if we keep telling them how much we enjoyed it, they shall do more events in the future. I would love them to. Did you, what did you learn from the event? Anything uh, that particularly stood out for you? But I should have come prepared with questions to ask during the thing because I just sort of sat there enjoying it. Um, but yeah, no. You asked your questions beforehand to, to Sean and Nick. Yeah, that's the thing, and it seems it seems sort of crazy to repeat them. And then I'm thinking, well, not everybody at the place will be will know there's a podcast, and I should have asked something about podcasting to get a plug in for the for this. Really, given that we had a room full of room full of NFL play people, but you know. You live and learn. We did kind of get mentioned, didn't we? We did kind of get I mentioned. I got passing gl- reference to yeah. um, uh, him 
The honey do list. Yeah, the honey do list. Uh, uh, <laughs> and and the, the best bit about that is um, he's busy explaining explaining how I could persuade my other half to possibly like American football. And if you've met my other half, you would understand that she's very firm <laughs> on the reasons why she wouldn't. And I, I'd really like to get him and her in a room and just watch him hit that brick wall because it's not that she doesn't <laughs> understand or isn't knowledgeable she really objects to the stop start nature of it and can't understand the flow of it as opposed to rugby um football and any of the other sports that she really loves oh well nobody's perfect nobody's perfect sadly not thanks again to the nfl uk for uh, for helping us out and getting that sorted there's uh, photos on the blog and on social media uh, they really will be much. shortly i promise i will get that up it's been a busy week <laughs> and thanks also to uh, to Sean Gale and Nick Ferguson for their time as well. The ball is loose. It's a fair bill. Well, it's that time again. It's a brand new season, and that means a brand new start for us uh, in the in the ESPN Pigskin Pick'em competition. Jeez, uh, won this for the last two years, but I think uh, it'll be a whole new story this year. I've, uh, I'm, I'm I'm quietly confident. Have uh, you got a new plan? I'm going for exactly the same plan as I always go for, except this time it's going to win. Um, <laughs> Let's have a look at uh, the picks for week one then, uh, with week one coming up. The uh, first game of the week uh, is the Panthers visiting the Broncos. It's the uh, it's the, the replay of, of the Super Bowl from February. And uh, um, in terms of points, Broncos are given two and a half bonus points on this one. Who are you going for, G? Um, I'm backing the Panthers in this one. Um, I'm worried about their secondary, um, just because it's pretty much all rookies. But their front seven on defense is um, pretty incredible. Mm. Um, their offense is coming back with more options at receiver. They've got Cam Newton, and the fact of the matter is that whilst the Denver Broncos look very strong on defense in preseason, they have lost players. Just by simple law of averages, you expect them to regress a little bit having lost those players on defense, and they've lost Peyton Manning. And while he was a shell of himself, they're replacing a man who, even if he wasn't playing well, at least had the nails to get them into the right run plays and manage the clock and now they've got a rookie so with all that yeah. I, I'm unusually backing the Panthers on the road against the defending Super Bowl champions in the opening game but it does sound go. crazy doesn't it it, it does really does crazy, but, but I'm also doing the same thing <laughs> excellent <laughs> so you know we'll, if we go down we'll go down, down at the same time that's it and the second game uh, we've got the Atlanta Falcons hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Um Three and a half points are given to the books on this one, uh, and I, mm, I think the Falcons are going to do this. So you, the Falcons, yeah, are losing three and a half, so the Bucks are getting it, and I'm yeah. just not sure. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm definitely going to do this. I'm leaning Bucks a little bit. I think Lovey Smith um, wasn't that great last season. I think a new coach. I think the continued progress of Jameis Winston. And I'm just not wholly sold on the Falcons. Um, Matthew Ryan seems to be almost regressing a little bit. Um, and I just think it could be close. I think if it was only minus three, mm. I might lean it or minus two and a half. But that extra, taking up to three and a half, it's a four point win, is just making me hedge towards the Bucks, I think. Do you think? I'm I'm yep. I'm going to stick with the Falcons. I think. Well, the, the third game uh, is the uh, the Bills against the Ravens. Baltimore, uh, Baltimore Ravens hosting the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Bills have looked horrible, haven't they? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, they 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 get three and a half extra points, but uh, I I still think the, the Ravens can do think this. Key injuries on defense. Um, Rob Ryan is defensive coordinator. Rex Ryan. We're not actually convinced that he's a great head coach, even if he is a great defensive coordinator. 
and mm. this season um, I'm not prepared to back him until I've seen it I think so yeah I think I agree with you the Ravens were in a lot of close games last season they are a bit old they can't be as injured again as last season you would think I think they'll be stronger and yeah in this game I'm leaning Ravens um, Texans Bears Houston Texans Chicago Bears the uh, the Bears give them four and a half points on this do you think that's enough to, to make you pick the uh, the Bears I'm a little bit torn just because we don't know what we're getting in Osweiler. We don't know what we're getting in JJ Watt coming back from that injury. Um, and I'm just not sure. I think the Bears might be slightly better, but they were really, really bad last season. We've got a long way to go. And that minus four and a half is enough to make me think Bears, but I think I'm not brave enough to do it. I think I will probably <laughs> stick with the home favourites in this one. I think it's going to be the Texans, and they are looking at uh, looking at just just opening up the uh, the, the picking pick and website now, and looking at whoever else seems to be picking. The Texans are quite heavy favourites for this one, I would say. Fair enough. So uh, yeah, yeah, I think we're uh, I think we're probably picking right. Uh, the next game is your game. It's the the Bengals' first game, uh, and you are travelling to to uh, New York to uh, to play the Jets. Uh, point and a half taken off you. Yeah. And usually you ought to back the home underdogs. But as daft as this sounds, because everybody's questioning our receivers and, you know, we're another year older and Tyler Eifert's not there. And I'm feeling pretty confident. You know, we had our quarterback yeah. all off season. Um, I just, that defense is going to be scary, but the secondary might be getting a little old. And I just, I just have a little confidence in the Bengals. And this is, I know this is unusual for me, but I think I'm leaning Bengals on the road. Are you going for are you doing my? Uh, you're not not doing my. Um, no, I will be. I will be not doing faith. your vaunted blind faith. But I, I, in this <laughs> one, I'm just feeling the Bengals. Yeah, well, the, to be fair, the the, the Jets. I, I've not been impressed by the Jets. I don't think they're they're going to be particularly good this season. I've picked them to come third in the AFC. So I, yeah, I, I think the Bengals are uh, have got enough to uh, to win this one. Um, the team that usually prop up your uh, your division, the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> they uh, are travelling to Philadelphia uh, to play against the Eagles. A big swing on this one. Six and a half point lead given to the given to the Browns. What are you thinking? I'm thinking this is an early line before they've traded away Sam Bradford and new start Carson Wentz was starting. I'm leaning towards good the point. Browns in this one, I think. I think that's a lot of points for an Eagles team that weren't very good last year and I'm not sure how good they're going to be this year. I think they're in the middle of a process and I think these teams are possibly closer than that. I could be proven wrong, but the Browns have shown one or two things on offense this offseason and I have uh, Hugh Jackson is a decent coach and I, I don't think it'll turn around anytime soon. But I think there's a plan in, in Cleveland, and I just fancy him to start with a win in this one. Or at least keep keep it closer than, than seven points. It's not a bad chance, to be fair. I, I'd initially gone for the Eagles, but now you now you mention it. Rats. The whole Bradford thing, <laughs> I think you might you might have a point there. I've got to have a, have a look, do a little bit of thinking before Sunday. Rats, rats, rats. That, I think. <laughs> Uh, next game is the the first the first Sky game the first uh, Sunday Sky game it's the uh, the Packers and the Jaguars um, interesting thing that they mentioned at the Canadiens kickoff thing the other, the other day I think in previous seasons you would think this is this will be an absolute whitewash but I actually think this might be a lot closer than you may think it would be um, and the Jacksonville Jaguars according to the uh, the, the Pickham 
uh, competition are being given four and a half points. Yeah, that is for those who don't follow these things. Um, usually, the home team would start as a default by f- getting by giving away three points. So, in other words, th- this is a seven and a half point swing against two evenly matched teams. I think the Jaguars are a closer team to the Packers than that swing adjust says. Um, I quite like the Jaguars this year. Um, I could be proven wrong. They've been one of those teams that's like this is the year for a number of years. But for Gus Bradley to keep his job, I think they really need to do it and I think they might have the players to do it um, some have said that the Bengals were cutting through their defence but it was pre-season and I'm not breeding, um, putting too much faith in it I think they might cover in this one I think that you're right I think the Jags are going to have a good season um, but I don't think they'll start with a win and I think I'm going to pick the, the, the Packers on this one uh, even though they they get a, they get four and a half points given to the uh, to the Jags. Well, I'm going to keep my powder dry on the other points because I don't want to do, make so many good points that you change your mind and follow my pick again. <laughs> um, the uh, the other the other people who are usually at uh, fighting for the uh, the top spot in the division with the Packers are the Vikings, uh, and the Minnesota Vikings start their season by travelling to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Titans are given two and a half points. Um, again, this is one that would have come out before that uh, that that. Um, that trade for Sam Bradford what do you think on this one I'm not sure who's starting because the Vikings have said they're declaring that Sunday which tells me that they're not sure they can get Sam Bradford in ready in time and it might well be Sean Hill um, mm. The I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how the Titans get on because um, there's been lots of talk of their exotic smash mouth scheme and the fact that they've really committed to um, their two running backs um, and have been shipping out other players and their defence should be approved and people are being a little bullish on them and I'd be interested to see how far it comes but right now I think I'm going to trust the infrastructure and Mike Zimmer in this one and yeah, for Vikings have only got to win by a field goal and I think that they could do that so I, I, I feel at this stage of the season I'm sticking with the Vikings despite the injury Yeah, I agree I'm going for the Vikings on that one Um Chargers Chiefs San Diego Chargers Kansas City Chiefs seven and a half points given to the uh, to the Chiefs that's that is a big swing that is a big game the Chiefs are at home they're going to win but it's divisional and I'm just umming and ahhing about whether the Chargers will keep it close um, but their defense I, I don't think they will. yeah the defense was rotten last year uh, mm. so it's a lot of points but and leaning Chiefs but we'll see how we feel um. I think it will be a lot easier to make some of these picks in a couple of weeks when we've had a chance to see the Chargers, Titans, Eagles, and get an idea of just where they stand. Yeah, it's a little bit of guesswork at the minute, isn't it? Yeah, but, um, yeah I'm, I'm going to go with the Chiefs on this one uh, as well. Uh, the uh, Raiders Saints, Oakland Raiders travelling to New Orleans Saints, uh, one and a half points given to the uh, given to the, the Raiders on this. I'm strongly considering picking the Raiders on the road, and that worries yeah. me because they don't travel well. <laughs> I'm I'm picking them. It's a it's an early you know it's an early kickoff. So it'll be like something like ten o'clock their body clock on the Sunday. Um, but I'm not convinced by the Saints. I think Drew Brees is good to get you eight and nine, but that defense was absolutely atrocious last year, and I'm not sure how much they've added to make it better this year. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that's, I'm that's the whole Raiders. basis for me. I really think that that's... they could be strong this year and up in their division. Um, yeah. Competing, I'm not sure they'll win it because I think the Chiefs are my my bet too because they're looking really, really good and solid, and I trust Andy Reid. But yeah, I think I'm leaning Raiders, and that worries me a lot. Yeah, I mean that that Saints defense is the whole reason I'm going for the Raiders. I think so. Uh, yeah, I, I'm picking Ra- uh, Raiders as well. Um, 
I'll give you give you three guesses. Well, let's say three guesses. Only two teams who I'm who I'm picking in this uh, in the next game. Miami Dolphins visiting the Seattle Seahawks. Nine and a half points given to the Dolphins. I know. Are you a little insulted that that's the biggest swing of, 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 of very much so? I'm not sure the Dolphins are that bad, and I'm not sure that of the Seahawks the Seahawks have been a little vulnerable at home. In, in you know, once an impenetrable fortress that was their place, I might hesitantly come in on Dolphins Island with you and back them to cover. I don't expect Definitely. them to win, but opening game, the, the Seahawks traditionally have not started great. Their offensive line is a bit of a mess, and I'm just not sure. That said, they've not gone to the <laughs> Super Bowls. They've had a proper off-season, but I, I just think the Dolphins might get sneaky cover there. Yeah, I'm definitely going for the Dolphins, as you'll, uh, if, if, as, as, as new listeners will uh, will, will uh, soon discover. I go for the Dolphins every week. It's, it's, a, it's a thing. It's, it's a, a thing, thing that gives I've me done. a competitive advantage, and it's probably why I've won two years in a row. Probably, I have been doing it for for both of the last two years, and uh, and, and long may it continue. <laughs> so the, the 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 later game or the second game on Sky uh, is the uh, New York Giants against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, this one is, I think, this is going to be a good game. But the uh, the Cowboys uh, are giving away three and a half points. Um, I, I don't know which way I'm going on this one. Yeah, and I'm not sure who's starting at quarterback. Um, I'm assuming it will be Dak Prescott because he's looked pretty good in um, preseason. Um, the Giants, I'm just not convinced by them. But in this game, the Cowboys, who I saw their defense didn't look good, I think they'll run the ball effectively. But I just think that um, the Giants might win this one and at the start of a division that maybe people don't want to win again. Yeah. I... I've tentatively gone for the Giants, but I think it's going to be really close. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to again. It's another one that I'm going to have to uh, have a think of. I think about. I think. Yeah, I think that's going to be one that we're going to be umming and ahhing about right up till the last moment. Yes. Yeah. Once I've once I've made my mind up, though, I'm not doing what I did last year at uh, in a couple of games and texting you on the on the day and going, "I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my mind." That almost always worked <laughs> out badly for both of us. Yes, I know. I know it did. <laughs> The next game is the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions are a team I'm very strangely randomly uh, representing in the uh, in, in the uh, going long podcasts uh, pick'em competition. Um, the Lions they are going to the uh, going to the Colts, going to visit Indianapolis and the Colts. Uh, they get five and a half points uh, on the road. Do you think that's enough? This is another team that I think I'll know by week three. Um, right. I like bits of their offense. Um, I've seen them. I think I kind of like the balance. I believe in the progress that uh, Matt Stafford was making under Jim Bob Cooter. And I, I kind of like like them to do better than what some people think. I think they might even push the Vikings um, with the injury to Teddy wow. Bridgewater um, into second place behind the Packers. But still, um, I think they could. But that said, they're very thin in places particularly on defense um but i'm not convinced by the colts either um you draft linemen finally to sort it out but there's no guarantee that your rookie linemen just come in instantly and do well all season and don't hit a rookie wall but whilst i'm maybe not convinced about the colts over the whole season andrew luck is hard to go against in this game isn't he Mm, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I, I think I'm, I'm going to have to go for the Colts on this. Me too, particularly as Matthew Stafford does not do well on the road. Uh, next game is the Patriots visiting the Cardinals. This is going to be a great game, but five and a half points given to the uh, to the Patriots with no Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm going to watch this game. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I think I'm going to be bullish and back the Cardinals. Yep, 
I completely agree. Definitely going to go with the Cardinals on that one. It might be a big mistake, but, you know, sorry, Bill Belichick. This is Bruce Arians, baby. <laughs> Uh, Washington are going to be hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in, in the first of the two Monday night games. Um, three and a half points uh, taken taken away from the Steelers. What do you, what do you reckon? I'm think leaning towards the DC Grudens. I think that just with the suspensions and everything else that's going on with Steelers, um, they're on the road. Washington's quite warm at the moment and very humid. And I just half fancy Washington to cover, if not win. Disagree, personally. I've got... I've got a feeling that Steel is going to do it. I might change my but, mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's, uh goes without saying. You've, you've still got a few days. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and the final game, uh, the, the final uh, Monday night game, is uh, Los Angeles Rams opening their, uh, their their season against the San Francisco 49ers uh, in San Francisco. Two and a half points given to the 49ers. I think this is going to be a victory for the Rams, and I think it's going to be by more than that two and a half points. Yeah, I think they have to win by a field goal, and I think that's probably quite likely, given the problems the 49ers have had. Um, we shall just have to see. Mm. Well, that's all our uh, picks for, for week one. Uh, we're going to also be doing that every week uh, as we go forward, and we're going to put up this weekend the uh, the divisional pick uh, picks as well. I need to uh, to update the spreadsheet on that, and we'll, uh, we'll get that uh, uploaded to the blog. And then you need to send it to me so I can make a page. Lots for me to do, it would seem. Oh, I felt that one way up here. Well, that's it for this week's episode. We hope you've enjoyed it. It was definitely a special one for us. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, but in the meantime, remember to like and subscribe to the podcast so you get hold of it straight away every Thursday evening throughout the season. Uh, give us your feedback by emailing uh, twfpodcast at outlook.com. If you want more from us, make sure you check out the blog at thewrongfootball.com uh, for more thoughts from G. And follow us on Twitter at wrongfootball and at twfdan. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Bye.